Okay, so uh, we have Lucas Basilo today with us from GarageFarm.net, the operations manager, and uh, I want to I want to talk about the story of your story in, in GarageFarm. And um, you said that it's been eight years since you've joined GarageFarm.net, right? Right. Yeah. So it's... how did you how did you get did you get into the company then? Can you tell us the yeah. origin story? So probably quite similar as with my design story. <laughs> uh, I stumbled, <laughs> stumbled into a, this opportunity, which at first seemed to be something very different than it turned out to be in the end. So I'm, by the way, I'm, I live in Korea and I've been living in Korea since 2000, 2008. And around 2013 was when I wanted to look for like different uh, work opportunities. And I, I thought, okay, let's, let's, start, let's start looking for a job here, here in Korea. Let's work. Let's try to find a company that I like. Let's, 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 let's get a job that is in maybe management or, or, or business. Cause that's, that was my interest back, back then. Uh, I did apply for, for some jobs. Uh, none of them turned out to be successful, but then funnily, funnily enough on the Facebook, on, on Facebook groups, there was a Facebook group for Polish people living in Korea, something like that, Poles in Korea or, or something like that. And there was one someone someone posted they're looking for a translator looking for a translator who knows who knows polish english korean three yeah. languages very specific mix probably a niche topic very very niche right <clears throat> and 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 listen my my polish was was good <laughs> obviously not not the best because i've li i've lived i've lived abroad for for many years so uh, and I don't really use Polish that much anymore. But anyway, English was was good enough as well. I would consider that my primary language at that time, English. And Korean was was pretty good as well because I've lived up to that point. I've lived in Korea for five five years. So I thought, okay, I'm not. I've never ever done translation before, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Let's you know, let's let's see let's let's see what that is. Maybe I can you know get some extra money from one translation gig. So I said, yes, okay, I'm interested. Then I get this call and that was, that was Tomek, our, our founder, Garage Farm, Garage Farm founder. And he said, okay, I need help with this type of documents uh, for, it was some kind of funding or a business loan when we still had office here in Korea. And he needed, needed help with with translation I said okay I'll, I'll help so this is this is how it started i i was a translator i was i was hired for one translation gig but that turned into something completely different <laughs> you kind of like never know <laughs> never know where where stuff might lead you right like and what skills kind of what was still skills kind of may might be crucial to get you the job right because said that uh, like your specific knowledge of, of languages was was the key that unlocked the door 
and you just didn't know what's what's yeah. behind. To, to get to get that specific right, to get that specific uh, gig, yes. But then to get something else, that was probably a different set of set of skills. But uh, while I was doing translation, I kind of got interested. I I I started poking around, like, oh, right, let's check out, you know, let's check their website, right? Like, what what is this garage from thing? What do they do? I was kind of interested. Mm-hmm. The types of things they do, what they don't do, and I saw like I saw opportunity. Like I saw like I could help with marketing because I've seen like okay, this is what they're doing. This and there's a bunch of stuff that they haven't been doing and they could be doing that could be very helpful and very beneficial to the company. So I kind of thought, okay, I, I'll I'll talk to. Atomic about it, and I, I make some suggestions. So this is how it started. Like I took initiative to, you know, see if maybe you know they need someone to to help them. What they what they think about. So so that was kind of uh, I took I took that maybe maybe risky, maybe not. Definitely cura- courageous, you know, to to do that because no one asked me to do it. But I buy it, but I did, and it turned out that they actually <laughs> needed someone. This was their first hire to first like marketing type of job hire in the in the company. They they were actually looking or thinking about having someone to do marketing for them right at the, around that time. Yeah, so you are kind of like the the right person at the right time and you and you jumped on the train. But you but you were yeah. kind of like totally outside of 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 3D world, right? And uh, oh, yeah. I would like to know how 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 did that turn out for you? Like, uh, how how did you get hooked into into that? Yeah, definitely Working. painful. <laughs> Let's start off with saying that it was painful. Yeah, because I was <clears throat> having I didn't know anything about three D about that world. Nothing, literally nothing. So uh, I had to like I had to get up to speed. <laughs> And really, really, really quick. I would spend I would spend time like reading and trying trying to learn everything I could, even though I the knowledge wasn't required in the beginning, because it was more about b- the business and marketing, not like knowing the te- technical side of 3D or what 3D is. Uh, but uh, but I felt like I needed to know it if I want to do my job properly. If I want to do it well, I need to know what our customers know right or our potential customers know and do so yeah so i i I learned so there was a lot of a lot of learning a lot of reading a lot of asking questions to anyone in the company and trying to grasp and understand it it was painful It, it took time but over time from painful and hard it got to the point where it was kind of okay. I get it. I understand, it, and I actually like it. I'm, I'm interested. I wanna, I wanna, you know, learn more for myself, for all my, for my own interest, not because company needs it, uh, needed it. So then I did some, some kind of like I started learning for myself basically, because I was, I was interested. I wanted to learn more. I remember even picking up Blender and learning, learning Blender. Taking taking courses on the CG CG cookie, right? CG cookie. Am I saying right? Yeah, CG, CG cookie. cookie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had a bunch of tutorials, and I remember going through everything, like doing the basics, creating some projects, and then modeling some stuff for myself. 
uh, just for myself for fun for the fun of it and at that point i i actually got it i understood it okay so that's 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 what's 3d that's that's what it is mm -hmm. and uh, you said that you joined in uh, around 2009 right uh, uh joined 2013 13 oh yeah 13 but yeah. this this is like uh, quite a long time in terms of in terms of this, the 3d cgi industry like it seems like an age before today uh, for some people definitely uh, and uh, you you have had the possibility of watching that uh, that change while you were working in this business so i would like to know also how how you see that change and uh, and what helped you um, like what helped you like deal with that change and become become who you are today in the company and, and this kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of hard to to say like how the industry was back then because i wasn't i wasn't part of the industry so it's it's kind of hard for me to answer for someone who is the who is kind of the outsider because i came from a very different mm -hmm. different industry and then i looked looked at the industry with like a different different set of lens and everything was so new and so so interesting so exciting and so so alien <laughs> at the same time so it it was it's it was hard to it's hard for me to say like where it was but definitely the industry changed i think back then the industry was already mature that's that i'm, I'm definitely sure sure of that it was it was it was developed it was mature it was large already but now i would say it's even larger and 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 what contributed to that is probably big part is the uh pandemic i i, I gotta say it's not the mm -hmm. only thing but i think one of one of the things that like kind of propelled the industry to grow even even more and even faster is the is the pandemic because you know more people stay at home and on the on the other side of the things companies need to create they still have to spend money right on marketing so where do they spend if they can't spend it on you know the th typical things like uh physical uh, physical uh let's say shooting so they mm -hmm. they do you know virtual or they replace it with with 3d so the money are spent so my money i think money have been transferred over or a larger mm -hmm. portion has been transferred over to to 3D and CG so that's that's what made it grow bigger but probably that's not the only thing the other one would be technology technology has improved and developed so much that the barrier of entry is so much lower for any 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 new person right joining the industry or thinking that about like considering joining so much easier to to do it right now the tools are easier the price tags yeah the, the prices are much much smaller or even free you can get you know free software you can just download it and start using it right now no cost involved the user interfaces are you know they're 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 good they're they're um intuitive and there are plenty of content courses paid and free so it's it's, it's so easy to to start today mm-hmm uh, and that technolo technological change that you mentioned this uh, right now uh, like most of the cgi industry is like looking into into the emerging real time rendering technology 
uh, and it's starting to compete with the uh, offline rendering a lot in a lot of places like people got excited about the unreal engine 5 and things happening like that uh, a lot of things though in one of our previous episodes we had guests from from vivix studio which mentioned that for a bigger production of animation they they were really like sticking to the old uh, mature offline uh, rendering technology because it's it was just a lot more reliable but probably that might just be a question of time when real time might really challenge the, the offline rendering and how do you see the impact of that on on uh, on what is mm. at the heart of, of garagefarm.net services yeah so basically we're doomed <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a tough uh, answer but probably probably it's already yeah, we're already preparing for the apocalypse somehow <laughs> uh, no no i'm kidding i think it's 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 great it's great that we have real time real-time rendering or we have such technology but at the same time it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot of time people started talking about real-time like really talking about real-time three four years ago already and said okay this is this is the year right when it's gonna take over the world this is this is the time it's already now and now four three four years have passed it still it still hasn't been it still hasn't like taken over yeah it has become you know, more um, more accessible, I guess. More people use it, but it's it's still it's still not there. So I think it's going to take still quite a quite a few years, like many years, before it completely replaces offline rendering. If it will, if ever will, I don't think maybe probably will never replace it. the The proportions might change, right? Maybe more. Um, real-time and less offline rendering but uh but real-time render sorry the offline rendering still will be needed for 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 specific cases you know, when you actually do need to have a larger production and where you do need to have um i don't know more more visual effects yeah more more simulation more physics right something that is very heavy and render intensive and or maybe more photorealistic at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think like the the all, all the technology that's involving it's still like even increases the the hardware requirements, even if it's like real time oh, yeah, or exactly. whatever technology for rendering. Like it's it's always like bigger resolutions, bigger bigger uh, vertex counts, whatever. Like it's it's just skyrocketing the same way as as the possibilities. Absolutely. Like the, the demand is is raising as fast as, as the, as oh, the no. possibilities. Very, and... Exactly. This is a very good point. Yes. So the demand proper... is so much higher. Uh, and I, I was wondering whether that, that might just um, introduce some other ways that the cloud service, because re rendering offline on a cloud service, like, like garagefarm.net can be also like renting the same, the same computer power in a different way. And, Probably that was also the idea behind Zestop, I think, right? Zestop. Just... In a way, in a way, yes. Uh, in a way, no. Uh, because we first, first of all, foc focused on rendering, as in, you know, the traditional rendering, uh, not, not real time and not, not actually working, working on a scene in your 3D app. Like when you move around, or you model, right? You change something, you manipulate your scene. No, so that wasn't the focus because that requires a little different 
approach different technology. So we focus on powerful, powerful machines that can render, right? That can basically you just open up your scene, hit render, and it, and you have you know results rendered faster. <clears throat> so so that was that was the idea. But yes, there there are there are services that focus on the other thing, like actually working and designing in the program on a remote computer. It's a different different technology. Those computers usually as, aren't as powerful because you know they have different specs, different purpose, and also technology uh, is different. Technology where you connect to that remote uh, computer, you don't want to have latency, right? You want to you want you want this feedback. You we want the feed like instant instant feedback when you move your mouse and so on. So yeah, there are services like that, but that wasn't our focus, and it isn't. Either, not not now, at least. Okay, so I guess uh, as as I said, uh, your your business adventure with GarageFront was like full of full of change involved for you personally and for for the company as well. So like growing with with the industry, and times ahead are just probably providing even more challenges. Mm -hmm. That's a fuel for growth, really, right? The challenges. Challenges are also opportunities, I'd say. Uh, yeah, though I don't know what future future will bring. Uh, I don't know if anyone anyone knows, but maybe some people are more they're closer to the technological development, and maybe they do know what's coming. <laughs> maybe it's not mainstream yet, not well known yet. But def definitely, there's talk about you know blockchain, right? Like everybody's talking about blockchain. I mean, most of people, maybe not everybody. It's 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 the talk of the hour <laughs> these days, blockchain. So maybe maybe there is something that's gonna change soon enough with with that technology, blockchain. Mm -hmm. So exciting times ahead, and at least mm. we can be curious about what's coming, coming, good or bad. Okay, I think we can. I think we can pause right now. This this was already an extensive part.